right under the heading of a, a seasonal ministry, I, I want to really uh, pick on a, a particular point in the Christmas story, so to speak. Uh, it's a p- period of time that we read about in Luke chapter 2, and we're going to read it in a minute. But it's Luke chapter 2 and verse 21. Uh, it's a time when Mary and Joseph uh, bring Jesus, the little baby Jesus, to the temple. Of course, what's happened, what we were singing about, was obviously the time when uh, the shepherds came to the manger, came to the, the stable, and that had passed. And we're coming up to this period now that we believe that Mary and Joseph found a home. Uh, they moved out of the stable and were living in Bethlehem. And it was after that, that whilst they were there, that Jesus was circumcised. And then after that, after the purification period for Mary, which was 40 days, they brought him to the temple. Um, you know the story, of course, but at some stage after that, the wise men came uh, when they were living in Bethlehem and they found uh, the child, referred to in scripture as a child, so we're not too sure how old he was then when the wise men came. But uh, when Herod decided that he wanted to kill Jesus, he had determined from the wise men the time when they had first seen the star and the time that they had journeyed and he had determined that he was going to kill every child that was up, upwards of to two, two years old. So the Lord could have been as old as two when the, the wise men came to Bethlehem to the house. And of course, we know the story after that that the angel or in a vision that Joseph was told to flee to Egypt. And he fled there until Herod had died. And he came back, but he came back to Nazareth. So the scriptures were fulfilled. The Lord Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but he was called (coughs) Jesus of Nazareth uh, because that was where he was brought up. So let's read together, first of all, uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 21. On the eighth day... When it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. When the time of their purification according to the law of Moses had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, He went into the temple courts when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, 
you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. just want to read also just a, a few verses in chapter 1. And it's just the chapter 1, just to, to remind you of the, the time when the angel came to Mary. And so if we read from verse 28, the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you will give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never cease. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. I think I just really want to just start with that particular part, is the amazing um, scene, if you like, of Mary. Uh, what did I say? I, I bet a young woman, I don't know how old she was, but she had been chosen and therefore in that case because God had picked her out she was special and it's a lovely scene <coughs> if you just try and meditate on it of that little that young girl <laughs> or that young woman who was betrothed to be married and then the, the arrangement at that time was that if she hadn't come together with her husband Joseph yet it was like an engagement period. And here, the Holy Spirit is going to come down to be with her. She's going to be overshadowed by the Most High. And she's going to have implanted in her womb the Son of God. It's amazing when you just think about that. This young woman picked out, told by the angel, this is what's going to happen. And she's absolutely amazed. And then that must have happened. The Holy Spirit, God the Spirit, God the Father, and God the Son, the three, the triune Godhead, coming down and meeting with Mary. And there together, they are implanting in her womb what would come out from her womb, the body prepared by God 
by the Godhead that the Son of God would indwell. You know, when we, we come to the bit that we read in chapter 2, um, I broke it down into sections because, it, again, it, one of these things about the birth of Christ is you just think you know it all. Don't you? How many times have we read these things? How many times have we studied these things? And how many times have we sung about them? And sometimes we get so fed up with Christmas. You know, it's, uh, it's that time when it seems to be so repetitive. Until sometimes you sit down and you think, I don't know this at all. That the Lord Jesus, at the age of eight, was circumcised. And you never thought, why? The purpose of circumcision was to put away impurity. There was no impurity in Christ. He was the perfect baby. He was sinless. And yet, at the age of eight days, he subjected himself to suffering. Started at eight days. He didn't need to do that. But in order to associate himself with mankind, in order to associate himself with the Jews, in order to subject himself to the law of Moses, he is circumcised at the day of at the time of eight days. And so he went in and suffered the pain. Why? Because he had come to subject himself to his father. He had come to be a man. He had come to be one of us. And that's the first thing he did. And then the name Jesus was given. And that's another sign of his humanity. It was a name that was given, an earthly name, a human name, a Jewish name. And it was, a, again, the angel had subjected him to this. What would he be called? It was not the parents that were going to decide. It was already decided. He'd been given the name Jesus. Why? Because he would save his people from their sin. His people. There's the, there's the humanity about it. His people that he had been born amongst. Born of a woman. Circumcised in the eighth day. And named. Because that's when they named the child. And it was usually done by um, not just the parents, sometimes the parents didn't have much say in it, it was the, the family, and there's family traditions and names that were passed on through generations. But the angel had said, his name will be Jesus. That's what you call him. And Mary and Joseph, of course, being obedient to that, they called his name Jesus. He was also called the Christ because that meant the Messiah and you read that in verse 26 when uh, he had been revealed to him by the lessons going back to Simeon that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Christ Christ of course is the Messiah that's the name so it was Jesus his humanity Christ is his deity. He was the one who is coming as Emmanuel. 
The Old Testament always refers to the Lord Jesus Christ as his name would be Emmanuel, which is God with us. And then again you see the deity. It's God with us. God who is being born. But Jesus is humanity. And the two come together. And it's seen here right at the very beginning in his circumcision and also in the next stage of the purification that he's born of a sinful woman and the woman and the law of Moses stated you read about it in Leviticus 12 quite clearly what had to happen that after seven days um, of of uh, putting away uh, or, or purification should say and then the circumcision took place on the eighth day and then after the period of ceremonial cleansing which for a, a man or a boy uh, was 33 days after that so it's 40 days altogether was all needed for the purification process because Mary was a sinful woman like all women born in sin like all men and the reproduction process was something that had to be followed through for purification in order to come to the temple to be presented to the Lord. So again, it's an amazing picture just to think about God being presented to God. That little child, you know, 40 days old, is brought in and presented to God. You know, we think of that coming together of the triune Godhead uh, in the implantation of the Son of God into the womb of Mary. You see it here again in the temple that Simeon was a man who was led by the Spirit to come into the temple to meet the Son of God and he held the Son of God in his hands in the temple, in the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, the Father, and the Son, all together being consecrated to God. Again, you see the subjection of Christ. He was perfect. He was sinless. But he went through the route into this world through a woman, a virgin, but a sinful woman, and still had to go through the purification process. And they brought a sacrifice. You actually read in Leviticus 12 that the sacrifice could have been a lamb, but if you couldn't afford the lamb, then you had to bring these a pair of doves or two young pigeons. And that's what Mary and Joseph brought because they were poor. Another picture of the subjection of Christ. From all the glory of heaven to choose. He could have chosen any, anybody, uh, any family. But he chose a couple who couldn't afford a lamb. What's the significance of that? Is that the riches of this world were never anything 
that were attractive to Christ. They're not even attractive to God. The riches of this world were of no consequence. Mary was chosen because of her heart. Joseph was chosen because of his heart. They were a couple that were chosen because they loved the Lord. They were chosen because they were a couple that would be obedient to God. They were a couple that would do what they were told. <laughs> Not just out of fear, but out of reverence of God. And so they did what they were told. They called him Jesus. They brought him to the temple. And they took on board the responsibility of bringing up the Son of God in the way that God wanted. So the sacrifice was offered of on that day. But just going back, going to Simeon, I just want to just think about Simeon and just in the latter part of this message. He was an interesting character. We sometimes called him old Simeon, Simeon but I don't think we actually know how old he was. I think we tend to think he was old because he had been told by the Holy Spirit that he wouldn't die until he had seen the salvation, God's salvation. And so we get the picture that he'd been waiting a long time. Uh, probably, I think it's highly likely that he had, he was somebody who had been very close to God. He was somebody who had a good relationship with the Lord and he had been given this promise. And that particular day, the Holy Spirit speaks to him. The Holy Spirit leads him and takes him into the temple. And that is where he meets Joseph and Mary carrying the Son of God. And he knows. How does he know? Because the Holy Spirit is with him, leading him, showing him this baby, 40 days old, and he takes him in his arms. It's a lovely picture. What do we learn? What do we, does it teach us about our relationship with Christ? You might say, well, it, it's easy just to wash it off and think he's a little baby. You would take a baby in your arms, wouldn't you? This is Jesus. This is who Simeon had been waiting for. This was not just a 40-year-old baby. Simeon saw much more. He saw who he was. He saw why he had come. And he saw the purpose of what he was going to achieve. And he held him in his arms. You know, that's how we should feel about Christ. It's not just of he died for us and we're going to heaven. But we should hold him in our arms, or more importantly, he should hold us in his arms. It's the intimacy that's important here. Of Simeon, his joy, his appreciation of Christ and who he is and who he is, why he had come. He'd come to where God was. He did it before God. He did it in the presence of God. 
He did it in the power of the Holy Spirit and he embraced the Son. He thanked, or it says that he praised God. He thanked God. Maybe for two things. One, he'd been waiting for the salvation of the world and now he'd come. But he'd also been waiting to die. That's why we maybe think of him as old. He wanted to go. He wanted to be in eternal presence of God. But he'd been told he had to wait. And that was something that was, oh, I suppose, niggling away at him. Maybe he was just getting older and older. Maybe his body was getting more difficult to manage. Maybe, maybe lots of things. Supposition is a great thing. But when he came and he saw God's salvation, he was filled with joy and he praised God. That's how we should feel. You know that in our lives is a longing to go. Simeon's a good example, really. There's not many of us, I think, that would choose to go. I'm thinking about Alistair here. <laughs> He's somebody who knew God and he wanted to go to God. I know you don't want to leave your loved ones. And although you're enjoying maybe life, <coughs> there's nothing in comparison to what God has in store for us. And Simeon knew that. And whatever type of life Simeon had, whatever loves he had, all we know about him is that he turned to God and said, now let me go. You promised me. asked to go to paradise in peace where did the peace come from the peace came peace came from the baby he was holding that he knew he could go in peace now because salvation had arrived and that when he went to God therefore he would be reconciled that wasn't possible until Christ came Anybody who goes into death that hasn't accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their saviour certainly does not go in peace. We want to be able to go in peace so that when we appear before our great God of heaven, he welcomes us because there is a oneness. We have the peace that comes from Jesus Christ. He believed in God's word. Another message there for us too. To believe in the word of God. The prophecy of Christ had been going on for hundreds of years. And people had been waiting and waiting. Simeon had only been waiting in his life, however long that was. But the, the nation of Israel and all those who studied the Old Testament scriptures had been waiting for a long time. But Simeon was somebody that believed it and he knew it was coming. He saw salvation and he also saw the glory and he also saw the light of revelation. How did he see all that? Well, the Holy Spirit was on him, but he knew the word of God. 
that is what we can have if we study the word of God. God reveals himself to us through his word. So therefore we will see our salvation. Not just accept it, but to see it. And also to see the glory that we can have now. And imagine the glory of the future. Which will be revealed to us available by the Holy Spirit within us and to see the light of revelation in the word of God we only get that through study of the word of God we only get that through the Holy Spirit within us we only get that from God himself if you don't read the word of God you don't get it you don't get it from listening just to other people you get it from the study of the word of God and meditating it comes from God now lastly I just want to say this uh, in closing in verse 35 Simeon prophesied to Mary his mother he said this child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. The thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. What does that mean? I think, you know, that means that people would be caused to think because of this man. They would be caused to ponder why he had come and what he was doing here. They would be caused to listen to him when he spoke they would be caused to look at him suffering and dying and they would be provoked into accepting or rejecting him. It was a revelation that he was bringing with him that would cause people to consider. And then lastly he said to Mary, he said, a sword will pierce your own soul too. You know, it's sometimes I think easy just to look on that and think, well, that was obviously her distress at the cross of Christ and being and brought there to witness the death of her son. Is that not the sword that pierced the heart? Probably. But I think it's deeper. I think Mary had the tremendous privilege of bringing Christ into this world. And the pain of childbirth was that she had the privilege of suffering. Suffering for Christ. She saw the suffering at the circumcision. And she saw the suffering at the cross and she surely had a much deeper understanding of the suffering of Christ than anybody else that was standing there because she was his mother and that was a privilege because we need to understand and appreciate the sufferings of Christ in order to be able to respond and worship him and sacrifice and give thanks to God if we don't understand the suffering 
the response is going to be very little. It's nothing to us. So the Lord cried from the cross, is it nothing to you? All ye that pass by, behold and see if there be any sorrow like my sorrow that's done unto me in the day of his fierce anger. He saw people passing by and his suffering meant nothing. But to Mary, I don't think there was anybody that understood her more than she did. Shall we pray?